Ladies and gentlemen, mesdames et messieurs, join alongside me, Mackie, our Alex and Justin. Together, we make the No Respect Podcast, and we are here to talk about this sweet matchup between the Habs, the Vegas Golden Knights, and Game 2. And apparently, what happens in Vegas doesn't always stay in Vegas, especially when you steal one and you're bringing it home. Back to Montréal, Quebec, 514-450. Le Centre Belle, baby, is awaiting tomorrow night, Friday. So we're going to talk about... Last night's game, and we're going to talk about the next game. The Habs take this one 3-2. to two. Let's get your thoughts right away. Start with you, Justin. I usually start with Alex. Let's get your thoughts here first. Yeah, it kind of threw me off a bit, but uh, yeah, yeah. Here we go. I, I mean, just just the type of game that Montreal wins in the playoffs this year. It's You get the lead early, and you keep the lead, and keep, in, keep on stacking it on. We got a 3 nothing lead. And Vegas clawed their way back a little bit, but we still hung in there. Carey Price was huge in the game. Um, also, just our, our depth players were huge. Paul Byron with a huge goal. Um, the Perry stall Armia line was buzzing, where I thought in the in the previous game they weren't as effective, but in this game they seemed like back to normal as they were against Winnipeg. Um, so yeah, just just a great game and a great kind of contrast to the first game where I thought we got a bit dominated. Um, and in this, we just kind of stuck to our guns and stuck to, to what worked against uh, the Leafs and Winnipeg. So it was great. I liked it. Yeah, uh, Habs went up 3-0, and then after that, Vegas did uh, make our, uh, you know, hard pressure go up a little bit by the end of the night, which was, you know, that's a great show. That's what you want. But Alex, your thoughts on this game, and how'd you like this, This well, the fact that we stole it and, and the game plan that they came in with for the Montreal Canadiens? Yeah, I think a big thing we touched on from last episode and Justin just mentioned is that importance of the first goal. Um, Montreal's won so many games in these playoffs scoring first and their game plan, I'm not going to say has been to turtle after scoring first, but obviously they get a bit more defensive and with players like Price and the defense playing how they've been, it's worked. Um, so why why not stick to it if it's working? And Jeff Petrie coming back, I mean, that was huge. We talked about his importance last game too. Um, just the amount of minutes this guy can play, even he was clearly injured. You can see him kind of trying to avoid some hits and stuff or trying to play the puck with one hand when he can to avoid getting that hand caught even more. But yeah, just a huge night from him. Had an assist, uh, so many chances early. And, uh, yeah, I mean, to get a win in Vegas is huge. We have the home ice advantage now. There's five games left in, well, not necessarily, but we can look at it as a five-game series now where Montreal has the home ice advantage. And that's big. Santé Québec has allowed 3,500 fans, so we're golden. Let's go, and uh, let's keep this run going. Yeah, like Kevin BX has said on sports and that, it's, uh, it's 3,500 is going to feel like 35,000, baby. So that's... <laughs> Uh, that's the fact. Um, one thing that I wanted to mention on obviously Jeff Petrie, who had some really red eyes, like scary looking dude, uh, coming like into Superman this Vegas. Superman laser eyes almost. Nuts. Um, what's no, it was his actually, eyes though, wasn't it? Yes. Um, <laughs> what I was going to say is that, uh, the, the fucked part in all of this, and this is, I don't have the confirmation from what I've listened to read is that it actually does have to do with his finger injury and what that means because i don't know much about this and i'm going to be paraphrasing a lot of what i've read and listened to but for jeff petrie coming back into this game and with the red eyes which is like something subjunctivitis 
passe compose. I don't know what the hell it is for his eyes, but um, it comes from a trauma. It can come from a pain, and a lot of people are speculating that it came from the pain that he had, whether it be from them replacing his fingers after getting them fucking dislocated in the in the camera hole. So it, it, he even confirmed in the interview or, or like his press conference today saying that it was related to the process that they had to go through. What that means, we don't know, but it's associated to this injury somewhat. So, you know, um, we're, oh, hopefully there's nothing more to that apart from, you know, the fact that he's going to get healthy at the end of the season. Um, and, and it was a huge, even a, a, a Jeff Petrie in this game, like you said, um, Alex and Justin, is that he's such a presence for that back, back line of defense that we have. He, he just settles everyone in. Everybody's playing the role that they're comfortable in. You know, there's no Brett Kulak coming up. There's no Alexander Romanov that needs to kind of step in and maybe make some mistakes in a, in a series that you can't make mistakes. It's just a fact that we needed Jeff Petrie. We didn't want to admit that, you know, it was, you know, maybe the end for the Montreal Canadiens in this series if he weren't to come back soon. But this Vegas Golden Knights team, as we saw in the first game, when they turn it on, you need everyone you need. You know, it's it's as simple as that, Justin. Yeah, just about Jeff Petrie. I just think he's so vital to our team. Like, he's been our best defenseman all year, arguably. And, yeah, I, I just think he can he can really slow the game down on the back end, too. Like, as much as he can join the rush and make, make chances offensively, I think really where his game really shines and really helps the Habs and what they really miss in the first game, I thought, when he wasn't playing was just having someone there to kind of slow things down when you need to slow it down and also be able to get that breakout pass quickly or, or make that little move through the neutral zone. So we don't really have another player who can do it as effectively as Jeff Petrie does. So I think he's just he just makes such a big difference when he's playing. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, but I mean, as much as Jeff Petrie was super important in this one, there's a couple of other names I'd like to mention. Um, I don't know if you guys have any in mind, but for me, Nick Suzuki played outstanding with that whole line of of Cole Caulfield, of course, with that beautiful assist where he's 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 selling the shot the whole way. And this is what what you do when you have a good shot. If you don't have a good shot, if it's like if it's Chaludon that's taking the shot there. There's no chance that anybody gives a shit. Like, no disrespect to Charles Dudon, right? But if it's Cole Caulfield, you got to respect the shot. And, and he uses that to his advantage to make these assists that, that, that because of that presence, because they know this kid has scored 70,000 goals in, the, in, in college hockey, they have to respect it. But Nick Suzuki, for me, in that whole kind of chemistry of, of the line is the driving force. He's put in defensive situations. He's driving offense. He's a Phil Deneau that has the offensive side, really. And that's saying a lot. I, I'll give the edge to Philip Deneau, of course, for, for more of the defensive situations that he needs to absolutely come clutch in. But the fact that Nick Suzuki can play both sides of the ice the way that he's doing at the age that he's at, I, I think he's not being spoken about you know, enough. It's, it's crazy. Alex. Yeah, Nick Suzuki, again, unbelievable. Uh, he almost scored that insane goal there where he put it through the legs and then one-handed onto Fleury. I mean, that, that would have been highlight, all-time highlight. 
Um, I thought there's a funny stat that came up, and I might have the numbers a bit wrong, but we've seen Vegas keep scoring on these faceoff plays, and I think Nick Suzuki has lost three of his ten defensive zone faceoffs, and the three he lost were the three Vegas goals from their faceoff plays. Not yeah. a not a hit against Suzuki, like that's just unlucky. He's been playing great, um, <clears throat> and yeah, mentioning Colt Caulfield. Um, like you said, just unbelievable playmaking because they respect the shot. But also what's great about Caulfield is that that's something that can't be taught. Like this is natural talent that you can't coach into a player, which just bodes so well for his future. It's just poise and decision-making like this at his age. Like you can't coach that into a player. He just has that it factor that, that a lot of guys don't have. And also it's great to see his, his family in the stands watching there for his first playoff points. Um, it's funny how similar they all look and they all have a great, great set of teeth. But uh, yeah, <laughs> just, just a fun watch. I mean, this young team, it's fun to watch and to keep this, this run going is just, it's crazy. Justin, before you touch, uh, like, you know, th- that's, that's a big point there, right there, is the, the fact that I know after game one, everybody, a lot, a lot of fans flipped on the Habs. They're just like, this is it's game over, game over. And again, you do that, and the Montreal Canadiens, they fuel off of it. So just keep doubting. Just keep doubting, Justin. Yeah, something I just wanted to say that was kind of a, a consolation prize, it seemed like, at the end of the season when we weren't necessarily looking to do anything uh, crazy in the playoffs was like the future is bright at least the future is bright but now we're seeing like we're seeing the Cole Caulfields that are performing the Nick Suzuki that yes Barry Kakiyemi to a lesser extent now but still in the playoffs he's been great and these players are still developing and getting better Nick uh, fucking Cole Caulfield has 11 11 points in his first 21 games including regular season and playoff uh, playoffs it's it's crazy so that's yeah I'm just I just want to say future is bright and if a price price looks like he's fucking 25 years old, he looks like he's a spring chicken. So I like I have no I have so much faith in the future of this team. And I don't mean to talk about the future of this team now that we're in the playoffs and making a good run. But I just want it's to say segue, that like, it's it's great that our young players are having such an impact right now because it's only going to get better from here. It's a good segue because uh, Mark Bergevin has been uh, nominated for GM of the Year. So that's part of the fact that his team was on the brink of not making the playoffs. Everybody wanting him fired. Now they're in the playoffs. We're talking about their young guns performing in the playoffs. And that's not to mention the pipeline of prospects that are still full and the amount of draft picks that we still have in the future. So uh, I know that loser McPooser, one of our listeners, that's probably going to hate this part of us saying that, you know, maybe uh, Mark Bergevin has done a great job, uh, at least in the past three years since the retool. Uh, now, coming back to the game and, and the Vegas Golden Knights, um, I wanted to talk about Carey Price because I'm not going to lie. I think he's, he's insane. And not just like in his play, but the fact that Carey Price, at the end of the game, it's close. It's three to two. He almost causes a goal <laughs> by giving it up to Jonathan so He's turning around and starts having a laugh. Guy's <laughs> chuckling. There's 50 seconds. 
We're at home and we're fucking freaking out. This guy's laughing. This guy <laughs> is insane. And I mean that in the greatest way possible because right now I think the Vegas Golden Knights and anybody that's going up against Carey Price is actually fucking scared, like intimidated. If it's not because of that Joker laugh with 50 seconds to go in the most high stakes part of the game that you need to close out, I think that there's a William Roy that's looking at Max Pacioretty that's saying, hey, tabarnak, that's not going to go in this time. And Max Pacioretty says, don't you worry, I'll be on the perimeter. Alex, go ahead. Yeah, crazy thing with Carey Price, too, um, that came up. This is the furthest he's ever been. Like, we, we've, how long has he been with the team now? And he's never made it this far in the playoffs. The Rangers run, obviously, he got hurt. So it's insane to think that this could be Price's only shot. There's no way he's giving this up. Like, he's going to keep playing at this level. That save on Martinez, I know Martinez whipped the shot a bit. But still, I mean, that, that doesn't happen unless you're dialed in like Price currently is and you have the ability that Carey Price has. Just getting across that quickly in that position is insane. Um, he used his hip. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Didn't like he, like his, he said in the interview, hips, he like used all of, his, uh, all of his extremities. Yeah, but uh, exactly. also a big thing with Price is the puck handling and just slowing down Vegas's dump-ins and cycles. He's been so good at that. And you saw it a lot in the Winnipeg series. There was one where he cleared it on a penalty kill. Um, that was just ridiculous. But yeah, I think he, he's dialed in all the way and he's not going to let this opportunity go. It's, it's crazy to watch. Yeah. Yeah, just, just to continue on that, I, I actually wanted to say something about his puck handling. Uh, it's just, the, just the way he kind of like stops pucks along the boards when, they're, when they dump it in. That to me is just so so good sometimes because you'll see like one of the the uh, forwards coming from the other other corner and if he doesn't stop it they're gonna get in they're gonna get possession but then he stops it and then it's like a small pass to a defenseman right there and then there's nothing but if it was if if they if it got through they could have possession in the offensive zone could be a dangerous chance so yeah not nothing bad to say about Carey Price's game and. Sometimes you just gotta laugh. It's uh, in those situations, like that's that's all there is to do. And I mean, the guy's nuts. But but to your point, Justin, a lot of people have said that you know the real good puck handling goaltenders act basically as an extra player, an extra defenseman. To a, he's he's doing some breakout passes. Like that's a luxury. I, like not every goalie is able to do breakout passes. If you do a stupid dump in and you go for a stupid change, Carey Price and a lot, I would say a few other goalies in the league can actually make a play out of that. And he's one of those goalies. Well, you see... Now, I do... Oh, yeah, so sorry, You see, just a quick thing, you see the difference with Flurry. Like, in two games, there's already been maybe four or five situations where he's tried to play the puck and he's stumbled over or intercepted by a player. It's just a, a night and day difference, and that's huge for a team like Montreal who... Who needs that? Who needs whatever advantage they can get? Yeah, and I, I just want to come back here on the uh, on the Vegas Golden Knights that are missing Chandler Stevenson. Now, for a lot of us that haven't watched Vegas this year, we're going to say, who cares? However, a lot of Vegas fans that are maybe watching this are going to say that Chandler Stevenson has played a very pivotal role and being a very serviceable not only like third line center, he's come in and has played with Stone and he's played with Max Pacioretty and 
He's been very effective. Now, we've had teams in the past where we don't have the big names. I'm going to say David Dearnay, but if you take out David Dearnay, it was a fucking problem for the Montreal Canadiens. You know, so... I think that that's a bet that's not it's not something that I'm going to say is going to should absolutely change the dynamic for the Vegas Golden Knights um if Chandler Stevenson doesn't get back into the series but it is a point of you know of of weakness in the sense that if you have a guy in Stevenson that's out that's definitely not to their benefit and and something that I think the Habs kind of you know capitalize on so well it, it, sorry, just to, go ahead, just Justin. to say about that like it, even if he's not a huge impact player. I'm, I'm not saying he's not, but we saw, I think there was a, there was a stat on Sportsnet that like every single forward line changed from game one to game two as a, as a result of Chandler Stevenson going out. So that's like a huge thing, like a mental kind of change. You have to learn how to play with another, with a different set of players. Like it's, it's not the easiest thing when you, when you have like a kind of impact guy that goes out. So yeah, it, it definitely had an impact on the game, I think, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll touch on a couple of other points before we get into tomorrow night's game. Um, let's start start off, you know, for to end off the review of the to, to, of the last game is the penalty situation. Now, Bullshit. the Habs they take two penalties in this game, which is not that much, right? The two penalties were on Jeff Petrie, who went for a hit, but Riley Smith gets out of the way. Turns out to be a, like a trip because of his leg kind of going through the follow through of the hit. The other one is Joel Armia kind of giving a little hug to, I can't remember which player of the Vegas Golden Knights. But that's not the problem, really. It's the fact that the Vegas Golden Knights here get absolutely no penalties in a game where, let's be honest, if it was the regular season, would have 20 penalties aside. So let's talk about it. I know that Dominique Ducharme, I think he was a little bit cheeky in his uh, in his press conference today, where they was asked about it, and he was like, "Oh yeah, Vegas is playing really clean." I uh, I don't know how sincere uh, Dominique Ducharme was on that one, but uh, let's get your thoughts starting with you, Alex. Yeah, I think it's it's absolutely insane. Um, the Colorado and Minnesota fans they all warned everyone about it, and you kind of you kind of brush it off. But now that I've seen it, it it is a bit suspicious for sure. Um, not to say that they've been super dirty. I won't get into Ryan Reeves and stuff, but they are a big physical team. They hook and slash just as much as Montreal. And I'd say Montreal is one of the teams that does this more than others when it comes to cross checks and stuff like that, especially from the defense. Um, so I'm not saying it's been like Montreal probably deserved a few more penalties, but to have zero in a game, I mean, that, yeah, that doesn't happen especially in a no. playoff game against two big physical teams who have guys who like to play on the edge a bit. Um, so yeah, just, I mean, I won't get into conspiracy, but it's, it's insanity. It's crazy. One and small conspiracy theory, sorry, that I just want to mention because you're on the topic is the fact that some people are stating that this has to come back to when they got, basically robbed of that game against the Sharks for the major on Cody Eakin and they're trying to make up for it. It's like, been two if years. If that's the case, that's fucked up. Like that's, I'm not saying that that is, but it, <laughs> for the sake of discussion, it yeah. might be. All right, Justin, I sorry. mean, like the refs, I think the refs argument for like not calling penalties at the end of the game with like five minutes left, they want, they don't want to affect the, the, the end of the game. They don't want to affect the final score. 
but I can understand. There's, yeah. there's no, but there's a missed tripping call on Nick Suzuki with whatever, like four or five minutes left, and thirty seconds later, the Vegas Golden Knights score. Like, yeah. If you call that penalty, we're on a power play for two minutes. There's three minutes left. You're down two goals. Like that's affecting the game as well. It's, it's. I don't know. To me. Like there's there's these like things about makeup calls and what you should do, just try and call the game fairly, both sides. Mm. And like, if there's a makeup call to be had and like a legitimate penalty that happens in the playoffs, I think you should call it. Like if the if we have no penalties, or sorry, no, I guess no power plays, and there's a penalty that happens, you have a right to call it. Just fucking call the penalty. Like I, I don't understand what why they wouldn't. For sure. The the only thing is what I because it's a it's a loaded question that one. Now I don't want to get into too much of the details now, but all I would say is that the brand of playoff hockey that we've all kind of been accustomed to is that things are let go a little bit more. Now you just need to call it consistently. That's all I ask but for. I, it's I, either you because you 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 set a standard when you don't call something. Now, if you call it on one team and you don't call it on the other, that's where I have the problem. If it's going to be a fucking shit show, let it be a shit show on both sides and you're not calling anything on both sides. I can live with that. But don't call one thing and then not call it the rest of the game is my point. That's the way I see officiating and that's to the discretion of the refs. Now, maybe people will disagree with me. I, I, I'm not sure I'm right on this if that's, that's the way it should be. But that's the way I'd interpret it. I just think the problem with playoff officiating is like they'll kind of decide what they want to call in the first two periods of the game. And then in the third period, it's like they fuck can't it. call it. everything yeah. goes. So yeah. if you get some penalties in the first you end up going down or whatever, like it's you, it's your shit. You just out better of luck, make basically. up call it. Yeah. Well, you just better make up call it during the first two then. I like, get that's, it. But, that's but how you should it do it. It ends up being a I mean, we ended up winning this game, which is great. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I mean, you know we would have like had a different conversation if we didn't, right? Yeah, and I mean, Montreal's power play isn't isn't any isn't bad anymore. Apparently, no. no. So I mean, Eric Gustafson, yeah, Cole Coffee, Cole Coffee, who's that? Who's yeah. that? Who's that? I don't anyway, know. we can uh, continue. Yeah. Uh, the last thing that I wanted to mention uh, that I found funny. Uh, this is the the word on the street. Uh, Pierre Maguire. Uh, on the radio said that uh, apparently the Montreal Canadiens bench has been giving it to Max Pacioretty. <laughs> now, he didn't detail what that was, but apparently they are yapping at Max. Um, so, I mean, Stone, Max Pacioretty, obviously Max Pacioretty, Jesus Christ, Max Pacioretty, that's how I had to say it to get it out, um, uh, hits a post in this one. Right. So, you know, that was his only chance, though. Apart from that, I saw a lot of perimeter patches that we saw in Montreal, uh, which were, you know, just on the on the boards, a little shot, see what happens. But instead, it's carry price in the nets. That's never going to work, especially playoff carry price. So um, let's get into the to, to the next matchup. Of course, we all have this discussion with regards to this game. We all know that when it comes to the playoffs, there's highs, there's lows. Vegas is still the top dog in this series. I expect them to come into Montreal with a new energy. They're going to be fired up. We saw what they did against Colorado after going down 2-0. They turned it on and they fucked them up and finished the series. So 
I guess my question for you is that is there anything that you need the Montreal Canadiens to continue to change in order to win this game at home and secure that 2-1 lead? Because if you can, if you can do that 2-1 lead, that's, that's, that's a statement by the Montreal Canadiens heading into Montreal. Alex, start with you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, big thing. Obviously, can't guarantee it's going to happen, but the importance of the first goal again... But overall, game plan-wise, I don't think anything needs to be changed. I think this win and the game as a whole has shown the team that they can play with Vegas. And uh, again, I always give a little disclaimer here when it comes to talking about other teams' injuries. I don't wish for Stevenson to be injured, but he is injured, and we have to take advantage of that. We don't know how long he's going to be out for. It's going to mess up their line combinations for however long he's out. The chemistry won't be as good as it was. So you have to take advantage of those matchups. I mean, we have the, uh, the line change advantage now as the home team. So Dano will probably have an easier time shutting down that first line with Stevenson not playing and just take advantage. And yeah, again, I mean, the, the first goal is so huge when it comes to our game plan. But just take the opportunities. Flurry, obviously, he didn't play bad, but didn't have the best game. So now the guys know they can beat Flurry, and just keep rolling with it. Justin, yeah, I just, I mean, it's kind of along the same lines as Alex, but just the the good start. Like, I mean, game one we had a really good start. Game two we had a, g- a great start again. I think the shots were like seven or eight two uh, early in the first. And I'm thinking back to Toronto when we first came back when there were fans in that first five, ten minutes of the game, we were just it seemed like we every player had a firecracker up their ass and they were just ready to do whatever to 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 put it to the Maple Leafs. So I think we just have to have that energy and get energized by the fans. One thousand more there. Um, so yeah, that's that's my game plan. I don't think there's much to be changed. I think we played our game and that's what worked against Vegas in game two. Yeah, the only thing that I would say that we we need to work on is those... I, I don't understand it because, honestly, it feels like Vegas has only been able to score these goals that are from the point that not even the defensemen that are scoring these goals are expecting them necessarily to go in because they're it's going through somebody's, you know, leg. Uh, I was going to go a little bit more aggressive there. But <laughs> I will not. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like, especially off the off the draws here, like you mentioned, that that really kind of specific stat against Nick Suzuki is that the three defensive draws that he's lost out of the 10, it's it's turned into goals, and it's from shots from the point. Now, how do you fix that? Dominique Ducham said that we haven't we know what to do, but we haven't been reacting well in those situations. So that's one thing that I want to clean up a little bit by the Montreal Canadiens. Um, and the rest, I think you guys mentioned, you know, we, we got to just protect the front of the net so well so that Carey Price doesn't have any traffic. The same way that they're coming into our, our, their game plan is about making his life difficult. You got to find a way, Shea Weber, Ben Sherrod, all the things that they did, they just got to keep doing. It's going to be so key. And I agree with you. The first goal, I hate to say it. But it's so pivotal for this team's success. So just get it done in Montreal, and with the thirty-five hundred fans that are going to feel like thirty-five thousand, I mean, you you got to do it. So Alex, go ahead. Yeah, another little thing I want to touch on, and we talked about it the whole Winnipeg series, and they were huge in Game Two. But the fourth line, 
again, are much better than Vegas's fourth line. And they can get us some huge goals, some important points. Um, obviously, with Stevenson out now, I'm kind of, I'm not going to say disappointed. I guess I'm pleasantly surprised with Vegas's bottom six in that I think mm-hmm. ours is much better. And I think we have to take advantage of that matchup. And uh, that fourth line has been insane. And hopefully they can keep it going. Yeah. Last thing that I'm going to mention here before we uh, we end it off is a quote from Corey Perry that I'm trying to fall, find. There we go. It's exciting. This is the team I grew up cheering for and to put on that jersey each and every night and play for this franchise. It's a special feeling. It's been a dream come true, but there's a lot of work left to be done. On the that worm. Note, Yes, the worm on that note. Alex, Justin, myself, Mackie, always reminding you to respect the orgasination. And we will be back next time. Sorry, Justin, I stole your thunder on that one. It's okay. I just, just came out of it. Uh, we'll be back for the next review. Until then, go Habs, go. Merci et bonne soirée.